and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Amen and amen. Our text this morning is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. <laughs> you know, this is one of those very, very difficult teachings, especially when you consider our current political climate. And yet, Peter said, to be subject to every human institution. The NIV translated that as to submit to every human authority. And basically to, to be subject or to submit means to put oneself under the control of another or to, um, to be under obedience. And according to Peter, that's to emperors, governors, and by extension today, to presidents, senators, congressmen, mayors, the military, the police, every human institution. Ouch! Ang sakit, di ba? Right? Why? Because in verse 15, Peter said, and maybe mas masakit pa nga to, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. And if that were not enough, notice how Peter ended the passage in verse 17. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. I mean, those are three bedrock Christian truths. Honor everyone, love the church, and fear God, right? But then he added a fourth in the same sentence, in the same thought, and basically saying it is of equal importance. Honor everyone. Love the church, fear God, honor the emperor. All right, let me give you a few seconds to catch your breath. Now, there's two ways we can react whenever we come across hard teachings like this. And the first is to reject the passage or the teaching. And I remember not too long ago, a couple of theologians said that as Filipinos, especially in dealing with the current government and as Christians in dealing with the current government, we should do away with Romans 13 because their rationale was that Romans 13 was used by the Spanish, the Spaniards, the friars to subjugate the Filipinos. Now, I fully agree that the way the Spanish friars mishandled Romans 13 was grievous and wicked. And they will be judged by God for it. But I vehemently 
disagree with those theologians that you can do away with any portion of Scripture because of its abuse. I mean, if that's their thinking, why stop at Romans 13? Then let's throw away Genesis chapter 9 because it was used to justify slavery. While we're at it, remove the entire book of Exodus because they, they, they refuse to have slaves read the book of Exodus. And then let's rip Acts chapter 2 out of the Bible because communists claim the early church was communist because of Acts chapter 2. And then James 2 na rin because that's where you know they twisted it to come up with works righteousness and 2 Corinthians chapter 8 because it's a favorite verse of prosperity gospel preachers. I think you understand where I'm, what I'm getting at. If we keep removing every part of the Bible that has been mistaught and abused, we will end up with no Bible. Whereas Jesus said, not a single dot or iota of the word shall disappear. But I get it. I honestly understand. You know, those theologians who claim that uh, were reacting to, to injustices uh, today uh, in the Philippines and they could not bring themselves to submit or be subject to the administration because of these injustices. But again, we cannot dismiss Scripture because we think it doesn't apply in our context today. To the contrary, Peter was very well informed, not of what's happening today, but he fully understood what it meant to be under a wicked emperor. Remember, his audience here in writing this epistle was the churches in Asia Minor who were being killed by the hundreds, most likely by the thousands by Nero. In fact, according to tradition, Peter himself was crucified upside down two years after he wrote this epistle by the same emperor. And Peter lived through a lifetime of wicked and corrupt rulers from King Herod to Pontius Pilate to the Pharisees. So Peter understood what it meant to be under a wicked and corrupt ruler. And still, Peter insisted to be subject to every human institution. Or maybe you're wondering, eh, hindi lang kasi sila woke noon. Woke na tayo ngayon. Well, again, I can argue back that in truth, in the time of Jesus and um, Peter, there was what you called the zealots. The zealots were national heroes. Why? They were super nationalists. They recognized only one king, and that was Yahweh. Okay, They refused to recognize the emperor. That meant they did not pay taxes. They did not participate in the census. Remember, Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem because of the census. They refused to be part of the census, and they advocated violent revolution. Remember when Pilate gave the crowd a choice between Jesus and Barabbas? Barabbas was a zealot. He was a national hero. He had fought against the Roman Empire. So in other words, woke narin sila 2,000 years ago. But Jesus and Peter did not become political revolutionaries. Instead, again, they, they sought to establish the kingdom of God through spiritual means while, again, submitting themselves to human authority. So we're left really with a second option when it comes to hard teachings, and that is to wrestle with Scripture. What was Peter's message? What was his context? And what does it mean today as a Christian to submit or to be subject 
to the current administration. Okay, we need to wrestle with all of those. And key to understanding was Peter's uh, words in verse 13 when he said, Do it for the Lord's sake. In other words, when we submit to human authority, we are doing it for the Lord's sake, not for the sake of whoever is sitting as president, not for the sake of the human institution. We obey government because we obey God. Our loyalty is to God and not to any human institution. And then he added in verse 15, because by doing good, which is submitting to government, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. In other words, as we do that, as we extend the kingdom of God spiritually and submit to human institution, we become witnesses. And so however way you may choose to be involved politically, remember, it should always be God-honoring for the sake of God and for the witness of God. Now, biblical ethics demand that Christians be the most responsible citizens, that we pay our taxes, that we vote, that we pray, that we participate, that we preach, that we even protest, okay? Because biblical ethics demand that we are the salt and light to the earth. But even as we do so, we keep in mind that we are citizens of another kingdom. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Our citizenship, according to Philippians 3.20, is in heaven. And what that means is that our hope is set in eternity. It's not set on any human leader. It's not set on any human institution. Because the truth is, even if you replace a corrupt leader, guess what? The next leader who you replace it with is also broken. Political and justice systems will always fail us. You know why? Because we are all fallen. We have all been corrupted by sin. And Philippine political history is a perfect illustration of this truth. In contrast, because we are citizens of another kingdom, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 said, Christ has given us a new birth into a living hope. Our hope is in eternity. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in His work on the cross. Our hope is on eternal justice. And just as I close, remember, Peter wrote this epistle to believers saying, follow the example of Christ who suffered for us so that our hope is in God who will take care of us and not in any human institution. And so as we head into some very volatile and turbulent times here in the Philippines, let our example be Christ who suffered for us. And may our hopes not rest on any human person or any human institution, but on Christ Himself and the eternal work of the cross. Why don't we close this morning by worshiping God once again. Oh, you're worthy in all seasons. You are worthy in my circumstance, Lord.
So allow me to bless you again this morning before you go about your day out of Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Have a wonderful day and join us again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.